Welcome to another episode of $100 Plus Mileage. We're here to talk you through some of the 1,204 bills getting a vote in the New Hampshire legislature this year. With that many bills, you might not have heard about the proposal to let parent teach driver's ed or the bill to increase the fine for littering. Today, we're talking about game cameras. Each week, we bring you the unbiased facts, pros and cons, and tell you how to share your opinion with lawmakers. I'm Anna Brown, Director of Research and Analysis for Citizens Count. And I'm Mike Dunbar, Content Editor for Citizens Count. Anna, what bill do we have today? Today, we're talking about HB 490, a bill to regulate game cameras. Well, I guess I knew that since you gave it away in the intro, but before we go further, what exactly is a game camera? A game camera is placed outside to capture images of wildlife. Hunters use game cameras to study animal movement, but I've also heard of people just setting these up for fun in their backyard or, you know, their front yard to capture porch pirates. But this bill focuses on cameras used by hunters specifically. In particular, it looks at ethical and privacy issues while hunting. Yeah, I actually bought one of these for my dad, I think for his birthday a while ago. It's it's really cool because we set it up in the backyard. They kind of live in the woods. So you see all the critters that come out at night and stuff like that. He's not hunting them. He's just observing so legal implications, I didn't even think about that. Should I be nervous? Are there any state laws on game cameras already? Okay, so New Hampshire state laws do not address game cameras directly. The Fish and Game Department does have one rule, though, and this is about live-action game cameras. So specifically, if a camera can transmit photos or videos remotely to a cell phone or other device, a hunter cannot use the camera to locate an animal on the same calendar day he or she is hunting. So in other words, it's against the rules to go out and shoot a deer as soon as you see it pop up on your camera feed. You can't basically do like remote hunting like you would do remote work. (laughs) And this is all about quote unquote fair chase hunting. So fair chase describes an approach in which wild animals can roam freely and hunters don't get an unfair or really unnatural advantage. But of course, this is pretty subjective. Right. So fair chase is the same reason New Hampshire prohibits hunting with drones or smart rifles. And I guess I'm still not totally sure how it's fair that humans get guns and the animals don't. But, you know, I guess that's a different a different issue for another day. So that covers the ethical questions about game cameras. You also mentioned privacy issues. Correct. So New Hampshire does have privacy laws about recording people. But those laws are focused on cameras that are able to capture people in private situations. So, for example, you can't point a camera in someone's bedroom window or use a super sensitive mic to record a faraway conversation. But Bambi doesn't have those same privacy rights. Mm -hmm. And so these privacy laws don't really impact cameras that are left out in the woods. There are also no laws or rules that address whether a hunter needs permission from a property owner before placing a game camera. And this relates to maybe a little bit of education for non-hunters out there. New Hampshire generally allows hunting on private property unless an owner posts signs that hunting is prohibited. So basically, sort of default is that hunting is allowed. And so if hunting is allowed on property, hunters may also place tools like blinds or game cameras where hunting is allowed so long as they don't damage property or trees. So some property owners have some concern about hunters putting cameras on their land. Right. Okay. So there's sort of the context, but let's dig into this bill, HB 490. So this bill would add a new section to state law addressing both fair chase and privacy concerns with game cameras. First, HB 490 forbids a hunter from taking an animal within 10 hours of spotting it on a game camera. And that's a change from the current fish and game rule, which forbids hunting on the same 
calendar day. Right. Okay. So second, HB 490 requires written permission from the property owner before placing a game camera on their private property. And third, HB 490 requires hunters to label game cameras with their name and contact information. Then we get into the penalties. A property owner could contact law enforcement to remove a game camera that violates any part of the law, and breaking the law would be a violation similar to a speeding ticket. Much heftier fine, though, $1,000 per offense, up to $1,000. And if a hunter breaks the law more than once, he or she would have to forfeit the game camera. I'm reminded of our conversation about litter laws a few weeks ago when we talked about all these state fines that are on that sort of schedule, but I don't remember any traffic fines being that high. Anyway, let's get into the pros and cons. So obviously this bill is intended to ease some of the concerns that property owners might have who might not want to have game cameras on their land. Yes, at the first public hearing for HB 490, representatives of the New Hampshire Timberland Owners Association, which is basically people with a whole lot of forest land, argued that- So not people who own the boots. The boots? Timberlands. Oh, yeah, not the boot people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not the boot people, the tree people. That's right. So they argued that existing fish and game rules do not do enough to protect property owners that might not want cameras on their property, even if they welcome hunters. So a person may be comfortable with a hunter on their property now and then, but a camera capturing movement at all hours, which should include any human movement, can be unsettling. And I found an old discussion thread on Reddit that provided an example of how this can play out. So it was from a few years ago, and there was a guy with a lot of undeveloped land that included a large pond, and he let hunters on his property. One day he noticed that there was a camera in a tree next to the pond and he was pretty creeped out since like he has kids in his family who would like to swim in the pond and he was like, are they taking pictures? And of course there wasn't a name on the camera or anything that could help him figure out who put it there or why. And so under HB 490, a hunter would have to ask him for his permission to put the camera and then also the camera would have been labeled with contact information. Right. I can definitely see how that would be unsettling, although I'm also going to assume that most of these cameras would be placed pretty far away from humans. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't see that anyone's ever done a survey of hunting camera placement in New Hampshire, so I can't say, but it's true. Like, because there are laws about, you know, you have to be so far away from houses and stuff. You can't just literally waltz through someone's backyard and hunt or else there would be no turkeys in neighborhoods anywhere. And the turkeys are all over New Hampshire these days. And there definitely are still. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into the other side of this issue, which is the concept of fair chase hunting. So some opponents of HB 490 are concerned that the bill does not do enough to protect fair chase. With enough cameras, a hunter could theoretically have an idea of the location of all the large animals in a given area. So take enough pictures with enough cameras, learn the animal's route, and eventually you don't need the cameras to pretty much guess exactly where the animal will be at a given time of day. Right. That 10-hour time frame could also be difficult to enforce generally. I mean, officers would need a tip or to search footage to determine if a hunter was violating that 10-hour time frame. Yeah, that could that could be very tricky for officers. I do think it's interesting to note here when I was researching the bill, some states including particularly Utah and Nevada, have completely banned game cameras altogether. And so I was reading about that, and it's it's a little different in those states because water is so rare. You had a situation where a hunter could actually identify 
every large game animal in the area just by putting a camera at each watering hole. So then, of course, every hunter had the same idea. You had these water spots with dozens of cameras on top of each other. Property owners were getting mad and so on. So like I said, a little different situation than New Hampshire, but it's still interesting to note that other states have just banned them. Well, if you have an opinion on whether the state needs to regulate game cameras, whether you're a hunter or a property owner or anyone else, you're going to have an opportunity to share your opinion at a public hearing. The State Energy and Natural Resources Committee has yet to schedule a date for the public hearing on HB 490, but keep checking the bill page on the legislature's website, and that'll show the latest hearing date. Yep. And if you can't make it to Concord for the public hearing, you can register your opinion for or against online. That option will be available once again on the state legislator website as soon as the public hearing date is set. We do have a tutorial on our website on every bill page. You can click how to share, you know, how do I share my opinion with the legislature and it gets into that. It's a little bit of a wonky system, but we're always going to encourage people to to figure it out and give it a whack and make your voice heard. All right. Our regular weekly listeners know it's time for the closing segment only in New Hampshire. Anna, are we sticking to the hunting theme today? Mike, did you know it is illegal to hunt with a ferret in New Hampshire? I didn't, but you know, with the with the collecting seaweed at night, like all those <laughs> kinds of laws, like I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. But tell me, what is the rationale behind? Well, this? I, I'm, I personally didn't even know you could hunt with ferrets, but evidently yeah, that's true. You can use them to hunt for rabbits. So RSA two hundred seven colon six passed in 1935, says that no person, while hunting or obviously on his way to or from hunting, shall have a ferret in his possession, custody, or control. So back in 2020... What if it's just your pet? Well, this is... Okay, (laughs) believe it or not, we're going to go there. So back in 2020, shortly before COVID interrupted normal life, Rep. Max Abramson from Seabrook found this totally normal law and decided that New Hampshire should repeal this. And according to a quote I found from the bill hearing... Rep. Abramson said, the way the law is written right now, you could have a pet ferret in a pickup truck if you were hunting, and that would be illegal. Hmm. So no one at the hearing seemed to know exactly why this got banned in 1935, but it was passed along with other hunting restrictions at the time. So here's where it's getting even weirder, though, because they're talking about this bill, and it turns out the exact type of ferret that would be used while hunting is the black-footed ferret. And it's an endangered species in New Hampshire and cannot be owned. So ultimately, the House killed this bill because it wouldn't really change anything. They're like, well, no one can own the hunting ferrets anyway. So whatever, we'll just leave it on the books. Hunting with a ferret is illegal. Which makes you also think like, isn't that just as good a rationale for repealing it? Because it is kind of unnecessary anyway. Well, then, yeah, then we get into the the complex questions of how much does it cost to repeal a law versus just killing it because I feel like you could probably make some argument when you get into like the mileage for legislators that like at that point it would be some (laughs) like pretty small compared to the whole state budget but like some amount of cost and I I know legislators have talked about that with bills they've talked about like for example if it's like to designate the uh, a state icon, right? Like a state bird or something like that. They've said, ah, oh, this is wasting taxpayer dollars. Um, I don't know if that's an argument, but you never know. I, I would like to imagine that someday we will have a very controversial event in New Hampshire where someone gets arrested for hunting with a ferret and then this just all plays out in a really heated courtroom drama. Mm. I used to really want a ferret for like six months when I was 12. That's my only real association <laughs> with uh, ferrets. Well, uh, th- uh, another legislator at the hearing said, I want to say, I, I don't remember the number now, but I wanted to say it was like his wife owned a dozen ferrets or something like that. So okay. 
Ferret enthusiasts, man. It's a <laughs> They're thing. They're out there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that wraps it up for today's episode, but you can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting. Our theme music is composed by me, Mike Dunbar. And lastly, we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes New Hampshire by the people for the people.